0: This is Leadership in Action, and I'm Casey Cheshire. Join me as we delve deep into the passions, expertise, and experiences of Boston-area innovators. Sponsored by the Boston chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization, this is Leadership in Action. All right, here we are. We are live. We're back. It's not a fluke because there's more than one show on this podcast and I am excited for today's guest. I can't wait to introduce you to him. He is a serial entrepreneur, seasoned IT executive, strategic goal-oriented thinker, and we're going to get into some of his process for doing that. He's a mentor. He's a former professor. He's passionate about mentoring, um, a topic near and dear to me as well. I'm sure we'll get into that. Host of the B Talks podcast from B Combinator, president of EO Boston, I can't even believe I'm talking to you. (laughs) That's okay. We go back. Co founder of B Combinator, head of marketing and sales programs at Red Hat, Luis Cortez. Welcome, sir.
1: I'm so happy to be here with you, Casey. I forgot you could say all those things about me, but
0: man, let's go with it. Yeah, no, (laughs) dude. If you want to, you know, clip that recording and make it your wake up alarm every day, just oh my goodness. Yeah, that's it. That's going to pump it up. Bump yes. me up every morning. <laughs> yeah, you know, speaking of bump it up, um, I'm trying this new coffee flavored Coca-Cola. No kidding. I'll let you know how that goes. Okay. Sugar free. But if okay. this if this show gets hyped about halfway in, you'll know why. Um, okay.
1: <laughs> but you don't you don't need monster, it's okay with Coca-Cola with extra coffee on it, right? Exactly. Same.
0: E- either way. They all they all work. They all work. So, I, still rem- hey, I
1: still remember the first time I tasted cherry Coke and I was like, "Hmm, that's an interesting taste. I don't think I'm going to be a fan. Not your thing.
0: Anyway, not not your it's a bit, little bit too sweet for me. I think Too sweet. Too yeah. sweet. Well, you just got to add a little uh, Amaretto to that maybe or something. Oh, something. That's an idea. Some, some rum, I think is the answer. Exactly. <laughs> Heard it here. See if you haven't already, you've already started learning things rum, Coca-Cola flavored coffee, um, or the v- inverse of that either way i'm gonna stop talking because it's time to pass you something this is heavy but i know you work out so one second okay here it is Ugh. Ugh. all right here is thor's hammer oh my goodness go-, go ahead take that it's the actual thor's hammer okay i'm taking it Got it. okay sweet yep. so take thor's hammer for me and smash some kind of myth Bogus strategy misconception. Set the record straight once and for all. We have so many misconceptions about leadership, about entrepreneurship. What's driving you crazy these days? So, so
1: you know, it's fascinating. You you ask, you start there. I think it's a great topic because I work with entrepreneurs all the time, both in EO Boston, both in in my own incubator. And one of these myths is like. Entrepreneurship looks looks like anarchy, right? There are all these many things need to be done. So many people working at once. We just want to get to our vision and raise money and stuff. And and actually, it's totally the other way around. Entrepreneurship is not anarchy. Success Mm. is a process. I think that's the best way to
0: answer that. Success is a process, man. Absolutely. You're already dropped. Like we know how, you know, we're going to quote you that. That's the quote. So success is a process. It's not anarchy. It's not fly by the seat of your pants and hope it, hope it works out. There's a specific first, second step to it. There's definitely, at least my experiences, if you
1: really want to get serious about setting up a company that means something that you're really getting into your vision, you really need to think about what's the process behind success. Because if yeah. you look at people that have made it, It may look great at the beginning. This doesn't mean that you don't change direction when you're three months into it because you realize your idea is crap and you should actually be doing something else. That's totally fine, right? That's called refocusing strategy. But there
0: is a plan and there's a process behind every successful company out there. You know, you raise a great point. The idea that at the beginning and at the end it looks great. You know, the beginning, oh, I'm leaving my job this is great. Hey, I have this idea, everybody. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. And at the end it's like, Oh, look how successful that company is. But all the stuff in the middle is where, <laughs> is where the hard work happens. And then you're right. You could pivot nine times and no one ever talks about that. What they talk about is the final product happens to be taking over the planet. Uh, do you have a particular pro do you have is like a numbered process is an ordered, how do you approach it? What are your first, second, third steps? How do you map that out? So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's,
1: so, There's two ways of looking at it, right? So on one hand is you definitely need to have an idea, a vision of what you want your customers to be successful with, right? So I always say, you know, so many entrepreneurs are thinking about the money, right? I need money to raise to do this. I need money to hire people. I need money to the marketing and money here, money there. And I'm like, dude, money is the last thing you need to think about. Money is the consequence of doing many things the right way. You need to hire the right people, create the right product, pitch to the right customers. And if you have enough satisfied customers, those customers will pay for your service. Then you start making money. But if you're starting to think first about how much money I'm going to make, et cetera, et cetera, that's a recipe for fail. So that's part of the process, right? The process starts thinking about what customer need I'm going to satisfy. That's the first thing, right? Which is, Which is paired with what's my vision? Why am I doing this? So if you're doing this for the money, you're going to fail. If you're doing this just to satisfy some customer, but you don't even know how or why, you're going to fail. You really need to align your vision, what you want to do. And actually, I'll give you an example here. I was reading this great book the other day. I don't know if you guys have seen it, Play Bigger. Play Bigger, okay. Yep, Play Bigger by uh, Peterson, Lockhead, Many. And one of the things that they say, and I 100% believe that, is that many entrepreneurs start fulfilling a market niche that in something that they need right so you have a need as a person right so for instance one of the examples they give there right the guy that invented the neoprene suits right so when you go surfing for instance when you go scuba diving right yeah so man the water is cold up here yeah I mean, here, cool. definitely definitely in the east coast right when not moved, miami here, that's
0: for sure <laughs> yeah
1: exactly but you know when i moved here you know from from barcelona in spain like seven years back one of the first things that surprised me is i went to the beach and i was like i'm gonna have such a great day here and i put my toes in the water and i was like yeah maybe i'm gonna sunbathe and that's gonna be it right right i don't know well i'm not here and you have white sharks here for god's sake right do we so the water is cold yeah in like in, in the cape in cape, in the cape area, yeah right? exactly in the Cape, right? So this guy I forget his name. He said, "You know, I love surfing, but the water is always so freaking cold. I would like to surf like every day, every night. I yeah. can't do that because it's too cold." So the guy invented what, a new suit, which is big success, right? And many wow. companies start with that, right? So he had a need, and then he decided, "Hey, many maybe other people want to do that because he had a passion. His vision was, I want to enjoy surfing every minute." right so if you have that passion that's the number one thing because then you cope it you pair it
0: with how are you going to satisfy your customer that's
1: that's the first thing in this in this process
0: i love that you have a need it might even be your own need because you know that best like you you can see someone else's need but you don't exactly know why they're telling you they need something you know oftentimes you know talking with tina and she's telling me challenges she's having with whatever like all the different things and then it's like huh I could see making a company for every single one of her problems, but I don't necessarily <laughs> know that need as much as I know it, my own self. Like if I'm, if I, if I have a need, I'm like, okay, I know why I can extrapolate. I can, I, I can make it for an easy customer for myself. Exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly.
1: You're solving your own problem. Right. So I'm not saying that is the only way to start your company. Right. But definitely so many successful companies started there. Right. Mark Zuckerberg, he, he just wanted to meet girls. Right. So what did he <laughs> did, you know? He started with the early version of Facebook, right? Did I try to make like, you know, some, however, some of the people have taken that idea some other way, you know, like Tinder and some other things, right? Yeah. But again, there's, it always comes back to, in many cases, to, you know, something you need, something you want to do.
0: Yeah. You don't find somebody else doing that for you to build your own company. You know, even if you, these things are so important, you know, maybe you're just starting out as an entrepreneur. A lot of fellow members of EO Boston are listening to this, even people that, don't know about EO yet, or they're, they're interested in it. And these are the kind of things that I'm even paying. I'm writing notes down over here because I may have started something, not even realized why. And I, I found that the most intentional ceo wins the most intentional entrepreneur wins so even if i've gone two steps beyond this i need to make sure i come back to this process part of the process and get really really clear on that vision what in that pain and that what am i solving why am i and to your point why am i solving it because i think when when it gets hard if you've figured that out if there's a why you know i'm sure you know mark zuckerberg's why was strong enough so that he was like wow I could go to sleep or I could finish this app. And he's like, I'm going to finish it, you know, but like, <laughs> you know, it's not easy, but at some point something needs to sustain you. So if that why is figured Agile. out. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. I, I, totally. I I think that, that that's so important.
1: All right. Is, is yep. it magic from there or? Well, actually, yeah. Or I more? mean, there's, there's definitely not, that's definitely not magic. Right. Actually, yeah. I, I think definitely, you know, persistence has something to do with it. I was really reading recently about, uh, uh jk rowling you know the writer of harry Potter. yeah, yeah tell series, me about right it. yeah so she she was saying in this interview that she presented her first manuscript to like you know 20 plus publishers and everybody was like yeah who's interested in the magic and the wizard kid or something until finally someone accepted to God. publish their first book single book third book then came the movies and you know now i think it's just the billionaire in in britain etc right yeah so persistence definitely plays plays a big role there and i think you know, once you have your vision your product the second the second key thing is is a team my experience and there's many entrepreneurs out there proving me wrong right by my experience is i always want to work with a team i want to have a team of people working with me like co-founders partners whatever you name it, right? Because, you know, I, I may know a lot about this little fraction of what I want to do, but I don't know a lot about so many other things that are critical for my business. And I want to surround myself with people that are smarter than I am. So they help me focus and get better at those areas where I am not right? So, yeah. you know, I've been working a lot in marketing and sales, but, you know, operations, I know a little bit, but it's not my forte or professional services or finance or so many other things or product development. I'm not I'm not, not, a programmer. I can't code an app, right? I need people that will help me do that. So yeah. in my case, I've always created new businesses with partners. I know people that have gone solo and that works too. I'm not saying that's not the only uh, only way to do it, but in my case, I always set up new businesses with partners.
0: Oh, so not even the team that gets the work done, but you always, cause there's always a debate around like setting up a partnership is, um, Dave Ramsey has a quote, the only ship that doesn't sail is a partnership. Um, (laughs) and that, you know, how many times do we have conversations and it's the partnership that's, you know, it's that, it's like a real relationship. It's like having another spouse and sometimes they go well, sometimes they don't, but you're saying that for your experience, you love having that other person or people, Yep, with, with their you know they're they're bought in as well because they're, they're looking to get out of it too and totally so my,
1: yeah. that, that, that's been my experience from you know the company that we sold to red Hat Poda that was with my co-founder Eric and there was a third founder at the beginning that was uh, that we bought out a few years later for a number of reasons okay and I'm currently racing becomingator with we are five co-founders and everybody's good at something and the, you know it, wow. it makes strength one of the things I love about that is that I don't need to worry about things I don't really know about, right? I can contribute on my on my from from my angle. And the other important thing is that we are always challenging each other right so why are we doing this does it make sense if there's another way of doing it hey you decided to do this the other day i think that's cool but how does that impact me right so i can learn how you think so i can improve myself too so all that interaction etc for me that's 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 my style but again i'm not saying it's the oh, only sure. way my style is i need to be complemented by people that are smarter than me
0: so it sounds like you found a way to make this work it sounds like you found a way to make these kind of business relationships uh, function, even if you need to, you know, buy someone out in the process, um, but still be successful in the end. Do you have any, you know, like your top three tips on how, how do, do three, 10, 21 um, on how do you make these business partnerships work? Like, let's say I, I'm launching, you know, a company and, and I'm hesitant to necessarily have a partner right. in there. What, what kind of things should i be looking for
1: you know uh, for me there's uh, one is uh passion about what we're trying to do together so if the, you know if and, and a, a very simple way of saying that is if you just can't contain yourself at 9 45 by night to send a text to the other pe- person or people in the team saying hey i just thought about this thing we need to talk about this first time in the morning and then for 10 minutes people just start jumping in and and it's 10 p.m., right? You're yeah. not saying that we need to do this. You know, I'm the number one fan of family time, chill all time and everything, right? But if you have the passion, nobody's going to be bothered by something like that because we share that, right? That's, you know, that's something that tells me if people are in or not. The other thing is people are giving way more than they are asking. And that for me is so important because at the beginning, you can't even have money or physical space, but you do, everybody has one thing, which is time. And you decide what you use your time for so the moment i'm start working with someone just you know bouncing ideas about building something something clicks we start designing a product how could we do this so i know this person that could do this and this you know two three four weeks go like this and you're spending so many hours Mm. right without asking about anything in a change you're saying hey i'm thinking about maybe leaving my business do you think i could get a salary here?" Dude, we don't even have a company or city think about, thinking about getting paid for the work that we're doing yeah. here. That for me, I mean, that maybe it's not a red flag, could be an orange flag because, you know, I, I totally respect that people, of course, we all need to make money and pay, pay our, our, our invoices, right? But at the same time, it's like, hey, at the beginning, especially, you need to give so much more that you get it back. And yeah. then My experience is when it gets to a point when things need to crystallize into, you know, we need to set up a company, we need to raise some money or put some money, right? That's when the rubber meets the road and you actually see where people kind of stay. So whatever you're giving before there's anything, or maybe, you know, maybe the idea is just not worth it. You forget about it, but maybe, you know, a year later you find the same person and start doing something again. I think that commitment of time and energy when there is nothing to be built is one of the ways in which you can evaluate if you're working for the right person.
0: What's your take on equity? Do you do you dish out parts of the company right off the bat? How do you how do you separate? Do you do you hold that back for a little bit? What do you do there?
1: Uh, that's a good question, and I, I think it varies a lot. I I don't think there's a mm-hmm. single recipe for that. In some companies, definitely there's going to be a very strong leader and maybe one or two or three other people that are going to have like maybe a, less of a percentage. In some of the companies. So I'm, I'm one of the companies where we're thinking about starting up really requires a lot of expertise from four specific fields. So it looks like it's going to be, you know, 25 each something. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if there are rules there. I think the key is that everybody kind of feels comfortable, not only now, but moving forward, right? So, you know, yeah. if this thing is going to be a success in five years time, and we're going to be making, you know, a million dollars in profits here. Are we okay with this split of that money, or if we sell it out, or based on what we need to contribute through this time right yeah so i don't have a specific answer for you but i think feeling comfortable with that i think it's it's very important because at the end of the day we need to make decisions this needs to be something that moves forward right so you know if if you have a founder that has like 51 percent and he's always or she's always making the decisions and everybody else is like yeah that's probably not going to work so I think the team needs to be comfortable with the structure to get the, with the structure that you chose. Choose. Okay. So we've got the vision, we've got the team, your partners, the product. Yep. So then it comes something that we call the problem solution, right? problem solution fit that I call, which has to do with, is the product that we're building the right way to solve this solution for the type of customers that we're looking for? Right. One way of, of starting to work on that is actually go out and interview potential customers. So it's like, hey, I'm creating this new solution, this new product for this. This is going to solve this type of problems. But that's what I think about it. Right. You need to go talk to actually the people that are going to buy the product from you, even before you start building it. Right. So, and it's, it's interesting because some entrepreneurs are like, well, I don't want to give my idea away. This is my intellectual property. And I'm always like, dude, there's only one team in the face of this planet that can actually be successful with this. These are you guys. Even if we wrote this, we recorded a video, put it up on the internet. There's no way in which anybody else will do the same thing, the exact same way. There will be something different because of their geography, because of the way they do business, or I don't know exactly why. Right. So... Talking to customers, making sure that what you're designing is kind of uh, a good idea. And actually, even getting letters of intent from those customers that if you end up building Mm -hmm. the product, they're going to build it, buy it from you. Right. Right. So that helps a lot with uh, investors, for instance. That helps a lot to uh, go to other customers and say, hey, you know, do you have these customers that are willing to buy this way, actually build it type of thing? Yeah. So trying to get that and then from there building what we buy with what you call the the minimum viable product so that's when we really need to build something it could be an app it could be a service it could be whatever you're building and actually show it to those customers and say hey this may not be 100% of what you asked but you know we're 40% there right are you ready to pay for this or or not right which is the other angle to this and maybe I'm, I'm, I'm jumping a couple of steps here but asking for money it's so it's a skill that is underrated man Mm. meaning go to your customers and tell them hey if i make this modification to the product so you buy it would you pay for it (laughs) you are asking me for a pilot would you share 50 percent of that so i don't lose money and you are actually have some skin on the game right and it's not about the money it's about the skin on the game it's about making sure that the customers are actually putting some effort there
0: and i'm sure some of them say yes and if they say no then maybe it's not that much it's not really that worth to them you know yeah. um, there's been many a time when i've needed something and if someone said yeah we can we could add that for a 100 bucks or a month or, yeah man invoice me now <laughs> exactly get right it for me exactly yeah. or maybe
1: you know maybe you're selling a subscription and you ask the customer you know me as a customer uh, i'm going to give you a 25 discount if you sign for the whole year
0: mm-hmm. yeah why not right yeah why not um and you you actually said something interesting and you yeah, the mvp the minimum viable product um definitely a that's one of those terms that you just need to know. And, and most of us know, but the idea that that fits for services as well, I'm kind of a services guy totally. and, and and I always look at the the green grass and the product world for sure. But as a service, you can offer a minimum viable service too. it. Absolutely. Don't offer that thing that you can barely, you can barely address or reach offer that thing that, you know, you can knock out of the park, earn a referral from, um, earn repeat business from, and then use that and build from there. Yep. And and yeah, and the other thing is, there's lots of,
1: you can innovate a lot with that too. So, is there a way to turn that service into a subscription, something that Mm -hmm. your customers have to pay for getting, right? Instead Mm -hmm. of just having to sell every time what you're doing, right? So, there's many ways in which you can combine that. Or is there a part of your service that maybe you can turn into a product? that you complement with some customization or some additional service or something. So you actually can scale better, because as you know, especially the the services based on, on, on men, men hours, you know, it's difficult to scale because you need people, right? So is there a way to part of that, turn it into an application or a software or something that helps you have to use less people's time? It scales better. Maybe the customer piece of subscription, which gives you, you know, one of the, magical things which is cash visibility right all of a sudden yeah. you say, in the next six months if nobody actually drops the service on me i'm gonna make this much money and then i can do this and keep growing my business right so i'm a great fan of subscription-based models
0: 100 percent, and recurring revenue is is gold uh, for sure do you are there any steps after this cuz it seems like this is one of the areas maybe you're going to you're going to recycle you're going to be in it for a while right. finding that Exactly. I like how you called it a problem solution fit. I've heard like product market fit but this is more clear by actually saying problem solution like is there a problem exactly. that, that you can solve and you said for a particular kind of customer which i think is important too. Exactly. understanding specifically it's not it's not every cmo it's cmos of companies of this shape and size you know or you're getting very targeted is there are there steps after this or is this kind of the, the part you you hang out in so, yeah so i think once you've just you have
1: I got into the like the the stage in which you already have validated that there's a product market fit you kind of start uh, on the marketing and selling because now you have something that you can promote right yeah it's okay to do in my experience some pre-marketing to kind of start promoting whatever you're building and see if there's traction right yeah so you set up some landing pages, you start doing some email marketing out or some social media advertisement or whatever it is. So you start testing how the messages are on the product or if the product itself kind of works before you're ready. I think that's totally fine. But I think you need to get to do that once you're closer to this state in which you are building your product. And then you need to start scaling. So the thing is, okay, now I have a product that some customer has said it's okay. So what's the best way to reach those customers with you know uh, or digital marketing? Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is, if it's B2B, maybe you need to use distributors or salespeople or whatever it is, right? And then start really focusing on, on your segment, on the niche that you chose, that you choose. My experience with this is I've built both platform-based companies and application-based companies. And increasingly it's more and more difficult to build like big platform-based companies that serve right. everybody. You really need to find, you really need to find a niche. Like you want to be like the big fish in the small pond. Right, So many entrepreneurs say, hey, I'm looking at this $7 billion products and I'm going to sell, I don't know how many millions in subscriptions or whatever it is. And like, dude, I mean, you're four four boys, four girls and a cat in a garage, right? How are you (laughs) going to $7 billion market? There's no way you're going to do that, right? So find a smaller market that you can totally satisfy, that you can be the big fish in the small pond and then jump to another pond Mm. based on that experience, right? So you keep expanding
0: what you're doing into something else big fish small pond and then that really key part after that you can always jump to a bigger pond exactly yes and then but now you have a
1: name now you have customers now you have revenue and you have all the tricks that you learned from the other pond right. which are going to help you be successful in the next one
0: wow love that Love that. Man, this is this is fantastic. I feel like I'm distilling your brain down. Anything else we should know about this process of success? I think at this point
1: it's, you know, what you were saying about product solution. I think there there's especially when you're talking to investors, I think there's a, a third area there which is product solution benefit. So, sorry, it's not it's problem solution and benefit. So Basically, customers have this type of problem because of this and this and this reason, right? We have this solution to that problem that does this and this for them, and this is the benefit that they get out of it. So right. that's a, like a trifecta or triangle or tri, whatever you call it. It's a very simple way of pitching to your investors, pitching to new customers, pitching to employees. So always think about what problem you're solving, what solution you're providing, and what's the benefit to your customers of doing that. Mic drop. There it is.
0: There it is, um ah, this is good. This is really good i I'd love to shift a little bit and, and talk more about um when you're in that role as a founder you're you're an entrepreneur, uh, especially as your organization grows around you it it can start feeling lonely at the top it, for no better words than hey, lonely at the top. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've heard the cliche, but guess what it's actually true how How have you found? What kind of things have you done, and groups have you joined that have helped you combat that isolation um, right. and, and, and connect more with other people?
1: Yep. Well, it's it's fascinating because I always tell the story that uh, my background is in business, is in business administration, and my wife's too. And actually, we met in college, right? So we okay. know about business. We can talk business all day, yeah. and it's it's something that we kind of relate to and understand, right? But the thing is, being an entrepreneur, it's a very specific. I was going to say, I don't know if it's uh sickness, obsession, or you you name it, right? But that that's that's a way to live, right? Which is very different from your regular business people, if you will, right? Mm. So there's so many things that happen to you when you're an entrepreneur that you feel when you are an entrepreneur, because you know, you may have, you know, every every two weeks you're trying to make sure that you meet the payroll, right? And you need to make sure that your customers are paying you and you need to make sure that so many things actually happen right because if one of those things fails and you know your whole bo- world changes and you need to focus on solving this because you know what it is because you're an entrepreneur as well right, right. Yeah. some of these things I can share with my wife from the business perspective but the feeling of being an entrepreneur you will understand that better in so many others as well right yeah. so and, and having a partner or partners as is my experience helps up to a certain extent because if you have a problem with your partner you're not going to talk to him or her <laughs> right yeah yeah 100% so, Exactly. So in from that perspective, when, uh, uh, in 2008, I joined the entrepreneurs organization, EO, and that's been uh, one of the best decisions that I made in, in, in life, because yeah. one of the things that we do there is that we meet with other entrepreneurs with which you don't compete, right? So we meet once mm-hmm. a month in something we call the forum groups, and then we share experiences that we've had, things that are bothering us problems that we have in our company, and then you get unbiased and non-judgmental experiences from them. So you don't get advice. They tell you, hey, I wasn't experienced like that, and this is what happened to me, right? So all of a sudden, at first, you feel understood. You don't feel judged. You're receiving good experience from other people that actually experience situations similar to you. And yeah. that's been so, so helpful in my in my career because I've learned so much from them. Yeah, And so that's, that's, that's my, my, my key way to try, try to find people with trust. If you need an organization such as EO that totally works, if you have a group of people that you can talk to, you know, as long as you don't feel judged, it's confidential and you can really, you know, pour your
0: heart out and, and, and get all those learnings from them. Absolutely. Y- yeah. I mean, you, you hit it right on there too. The idea that we're sharing experiences. I always found that was interesting about EO that, um, and for those that, that don't know that, when, when people are sharing a challenge, EO forbids you from telling them what to do. Exactly. A lot of other groups start with V and other, other groups, they, uh, they want you to send out ideas, but the the point is we don't know from your two minute story or even a 20 minute story, what you should actually do. Like it's so, you know, people giving you advice don't really know your situation and they never know because they haven't been working in your, Start up for nine years like you have, and they don't know exactly what what you're talking about. And so, rather than try to problem solve for each other, we we just simply want to share some of our own experiences that seem like they're related. And I found so so much more comes from that. I, I you know sometimes you, someone hey I have this challenge. Well, you should do this. Oh yeah, I kind of knew that, but I wasn't sure if it will happen. But instead, if you share experiences, well, you know I had a challenge like that myself, and here's what I did here's what happened. Here's how I feel about it. And that exactly you take it, take it you know, as it is. And, and I find people make their own, take their own takeaways or take their own, they find their own takeaways from your experience. And maybe you thought you were trying to emphasize some other point, but they actually, they heard something in there. They heard what they needed to hear in that experience share. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's really magical. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And you learn so much and, and you can also contribute. To other people with your own experiences, right? So, and then at the end of the day, you know, people will share what happened, or maybe not, it's totally fine. But there's always, this uh, satisfaction that, hey, I shared something, you may do something good with it or not, but it's totally fine, or I needed help. I have all these new crazy ideas that I could try that I would have never thought myself because I don't right. have your experience, I don't have your attitude, your looks, your smarts, et cetera. Yes, I'm just a simple human being here trying to learn from other people. And that's that's it to your word. I think that's one of the few magical things in, in life that I'm experiencing.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think part of the benefit of the experience too is that um, I remember recently just the idea of, you know, something bad is happening in that circling back to the whole lonely at the top thing. Well, if you think you're the only one that's ever experienced that, it might feel kind (laughs) of isolating. But oftentimes, you know, if I share a challenge, then I get eight stories back saying, yeah, I've been through that too. It sucks. (laughs) Here's what I did. But just even hearing that other people have been through that that alone made me feel better, even before I got to trying to fix the situation, just understanding that I wasn't the only person experiencing that particular challenge. In fact, some other people had worse challenges. So I kind of felt a little bit better about it. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes you think you're, you know, you are having the worst time on earth and then somebody else shares something and like, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I <laughs> look not worry yeah. about this. Right. right. But at yeah. the end of the day, yeah. You know, you're, when, when you're in pain, it's like when you have a toothache, right? You, you feel that's the worst thing that's happening until somebody else has the same thing or even worse. Right,
0: right. Um, got another question for you. Um, if you could ask 100 other CEOs uh, one question, you'd love to know the answer from 100 other CEOs, what question would you want to ask them?
1: Ah, that's a good question. something I would want to ask them is, I think I, go, I, I would go back to how to choose the right people for your team so what Mm. what you do to really you know when you're when you're growing because you know if you're lucky your company grows and i've been in that uh, situation a lot of time right when you're really need to hire very very fast you don't have a lot of time to hire this two three four five ten people in like one or two weeks what's the best way for you to to see or to i mean you're gonna get, get run from time to time right but you know I would ask that. Yeah. What, what would be your best strategy or your best questions or your best way to really pick the right people for
0: whatever you're trying to do? That's a, that's a really good point. It, it does all come down to people in the end, yeah. you know, and, um, and I even know just recently going through, you know, a bit of a interview phase, sometimes that, you, know, you get kind of nervous, even if you've done it a million times. Like this is a really important role, uh, and and I've messed up enough hires to know that. Exactly. I, you know, and that I'm actually not good at hiring. I need to have other people in that in that process with me. You know, because I just like people. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, I would be the worst <laughs> HR person. You know. All right. Well, let to have him talk to Casey. See if he likes him. I love him. Oh, I
1: love him. <laughs> Don't even ask me.
0: Not certified, <laughs> qualified, anything. But man, that, what a great guy. But we had a great conversation. We talked all about Boston or something, but yep, exactly. getting other people I, I found have, has been really helpful for me. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, definitely. There's people that are totally experts in that.
1: So yeah, maybe that, that's a good question. That's a good answer to that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, you know what I'll do? I'll, I'll ask other people in this podcast your question. and And okay. so- Stay tuned for other episodes. Thank you. Uh, I like <laughs> hey, that. See, this is how we get at least one other listener because exactly. you'll want to know what, what the answer was to your question. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, another another one that, um you know, speaking of all the different things we're talking about here, what keeps you up at night? What, what, is the, what are the challenges that keep you up at night? Maybe it is even that people thing, but I, I don't know there's some right. things when it comes to running a business mm-hmm. that kind of do keep you... You know,
1: I I am lucky that I, I am able to relax pretty well. And when I really drop at the, in, in the bed, it's like, you know, I, I hit it very, very fast. So right. I'm, I'm lucky from that perspective. I do some meditation. I'm able to relax very, very fast. I sit in a plane and I immediately, you know, in two minutes, I'm out until the thing starts flying nice. and then I start working. So I, I think, you know, part of why I don't really have a lot of worries from that perspective is because i've I've learned to be kind of relaxed and balanced a little bit if you will right right having said this um you know my family my kids trying to make sure that i do the right thing for them and that i transmit to them as much experience as i can while they still listen to me Mm -hmm. you know what i mean right so i have a 10 and a 14 year old right so they still learn, they still listen, but they're starting to be, you know, they have their own personalities to make their own decisions, to fight back on things. So you really need to be sure about what you're saying, how you're saying it. And mostly, you know, acting by example, because you're looking at, you know, that perfectly, right. As well, they're looking up to you every time, right. They are really following everything you say, everything you do. So, you know, sometimes say, I, I love this quote that says, you know, Uh, What type of world are we living to our kids, right? And the right, but the right question is, what type of kids are we living to the world, right? True, because that's you you can do something about your kids, not a lot, but you know, it's your. And it was so funny the other day, my daughter, who is the older, so my boy was fighting me on something I forget now, and then my daughter jumped in and said, "Hey, uh, dad, is just trying to help you make the right decision here." And I was like, I couldn't have said it better. That was, you know, I was trying to tell know exactly wow. what was going on. Right. But he was like, Hey, and I'm like, Whoa, that's my kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, probably trying to get the best, you know, the best
0: possible people out in the world is, is, is one of my key things here. Yeah. What, what kind of kids are we leaving for the world? That's really interesting. Do you, you mentioned the meditation. Do you have an app? Do you use one of those, those apps?
1: Actually not. Actually, I actually started meditating many, many years ago. And I, I try to do at least half an hour every morning. I have up and downs because depending on work and travel and many other things, but I really, you know, I, I do, I, I learned to do like, um, like it's more, I don't know if it's more relaxation than meditation I, I don't follow any app. Yeah. What's though, your, what, what's your process? Yeah. What I do is I try to, you know, to sit down with my legs crossed, you know, if, if, If the weather is nice, like now I sit outside and just, you know, listen to nature and just I count my breathing up to 21 and back and then just try to stay still, letting letting thoughts float. Some people say that meditation is about emptying your mind. Um, The way I learned about it is more about being aware that you're thinking. So if you're thinking about something, you know, you try to lovingly let it go. So you go back to having a still mind but not trying to not to think, but because it's like, you know, if I ask you not, not, not to think about a pink elephant, you know, right? I
0: mean? <laughs> you totally. So,
1: I don't want to think, I don't want to think about an empty mind. I mean, that's thinking, right? So yeah. that's not the thing, right? It's just try to stay still, watch your thoughts. And sometimes uh, there's a couple of apps, uh, Insights is one of them. And also these guys in Commune have some nice meditations. Mm. Sometimes I listen to some of those. And then I started doing something they call breath work. I don't know if you've okay. heard about that. Uh, it's just a fascinating way of learning how to breathe differently. And you do breathing exercises that actually pump you up or put you in some state in which you can relax better or think better about your past or something. It's called breath work. I don't have any specifics about it. But uh, so for Wim, Wim Hof, you know, the Iceman. I yeah, Iceman. You know so Wim Hof has uh, breath work meditation that actually uh, puts you in a state of. Uh, of at the same time activity, it pumps up your immune system by hyperventilating. It's fascinating. I've I've been doing a
0: little bit of that lately. Wow. Yeah, you know, there's something something about that. The idea, just you see the thought there, and you let it go. You know, some kind of activity like that can be really just helpful. I we got a Peloton bike the other day and. And I, they have a, actually more than just pelton rides. They've got stretches, strength. They've got oh, okay. a whole bunch of different things. They actually have a meditation category. Nice. And you can pick different ones on different topics. And one of them is like sleep. That, and I have definitely have used that many times where even if I don't need to, or maybe it's I'm in those spots where I might stay up late and I really shouldn't, I'll put one of those on and you can choose five, 10, 15, 20. And usually 20 minutes, I don't make it. <laughs> Dude, yep. You just don't make it all the way through. Yep, um, exactly. I love that you're focusing on that, make, trying to make it a ritual. Yep, I like that. And the other thing I love is just walking in nature.
1: So mm. where I live, we're very close to the woods. And I try to go out every day, even if it's like 15 minutes to go out to the woods, breathe some fresh airs, uh, be grateful for you know being healthy having the opportunity of just smelling clean air yeah. having my family and stuff so i think uh, you know grateful being thankful being grateful also has a lot to do because you know i keep telling uh, my kids my wife you know I'm, I'm just a simple model here i used to drive a lot before when we could actually drive and travel right yeah. and you know the likelihood that i'm gonna hit be hit by a truck is way higher than many other people that don't travel as much or don't drive as much right, right. so you know this may be very well the last thing i do in life because i now go out on the street and i guess Truck with your car, and I don't say this from a tragic or dramatic angle. It's just, you know, it's realistic. That's that's who yeah. we are, right? So being thankful for every moment, I think it's 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 so important for me. There it is. I think oh, thank- I think we uh, we need to go hiking at some point. There you go. And being, yeah, you know, I'm so thankful that we're having this conversation. i having so much fun, Casey. Thank you. Yeah, man.
0: Well, I love the shift a little bit, and 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 you know, we've we've learned a lot from you i'd love to learn a little bit more about you and so my question now is who are you who are you we've been skydiving together how does someone come from barcelona to boston like what's your story take us back little little louise how what where'd you grow
1: up well that's that's a fascinating story we need to go back 50 years i just turned 50 wow yeah actually i was born in new york believe it or not and my parents moved to barcelona when i was three so you know, by all means, I am Spanish Mediterranean stuff, right? But I had a lot of still my American background with me. So this weird accent that you're trying to understand for the last fifty-one minutes it comes from Spain. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully you don't need to put like subtitles and closed captions to understand oh, probably, what I'm saying.
0: probably.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I worked with my father, who had a small uh, a small uh, medical material company in Barcelona. Okay. And then I started up on my own. I took a couple of masters in technology in Barcelona because I just loved the internet and all everything, computers and stuff, even though my background is in business. And then I started up a few companies. Some worked okay, some totally failed. And then I started up uh, Polymedia Technologies with Eric, with my co-founder in in Barcelona. And that was a good run. So we grew that company up to have offices in London, New York, and in Buenos Aires, where we had a development team. We grew it with customers in, in, in so many countries. And Red Hat bought that company back in 2012. Red Hat is a software company here in the States. And as part of the acquisition, I moved over here to manage the business for them here. And I've been, uh, I'm still working at Red Hat. So I switched roles a few years back now, managing marketing and sales programs on a worldwide basis for one of the of the key divisions here. Mm. So, and one of the reasons people ask me, uh, right, why are you still working at Red Hat? Why are you not setting up something on your own? And I'm like, you know, at first, I'm having fun. Yeah. Second, Red Hat is like a big startup. So it's really? not your corporate company at all. And so Red Hat is the worldwide leader in open source software, mm-hmm. mostly known, about things like Linux, for instance, or JBoss middleware. So it's kind of very technical type of software. But the cool thing is that the culture in Red Hat is very different from the corporate world and the way in which we work, the way in which we set up new businesses. You know, when I joined the company, we were uh, Red Hat was doing around a billion dollar in revenue, some six thousand employees. Now, we don't disclose uh, numbers anymore, but, you know, it's multiple times that. And so we were mm-hmm. acquired by IBM two years back. And I think the company was maybe, I forget, 10, 12,000 employees, maybe on the runway to three, 4000000000 billion. So, you know, experiencing that type of growth in such a big company is just, you know, it's a privilege to be there and learn from there. And I still keep having fun every single day. I'm thinking about, you know, how I'm going to create a marketing program for this new type of product, for this new region. And it's having a global role is really, really very cool. And on the side, whenever I have time, I do some business angel investment. So that's why I'm still in touch with, uh, with right. small companies and startup companies. I love doing that. And very recently, I've been, uh, I co founded a, a, a startup studio and incubator in Barcelona called B Combinator, where we are, we are starting up companies or incubating very recently created companies. We fund them. And we give them the like uh, physical space. We have like, a good working space there. And my role there is, you know, is try to I try to put in a few hours here and there by night, or over the weekends or something, trying to make sure that you know companies are properly mentored, providing expertise, uh, helping raise funds. Um, and that's that's kind of what I'm doing these days. So pretty easy, wow. as you can see.
0: Wow. Um question for you. Um a little bit of a hypothetical i may or may not have a time machine up here in nashua and let's say uh you know covid's basically on its way out you come up here we get some beers have you over for dinner you get to use the time machine it's in the backyard it's covered with a tarp and you get to use a time machine you go back in time and you get to meet yourself and you get to meet yourself um right before launching maybe your first company um what, what kind of things would you tell yourself? What kind of advice would you give yourself? And and this isn't for the whole world. This is specifically for you mm-hmm. knowing everything, you know, about your, your journey in particular, what kind of things would you tell yourself? So
1: I think something that took me too many years to understand, and it's that it's going to be okay. Don't worry too much. Because, you know, I can look back and find myself in situations like all of I think that happens to all of us entrepreneurs that you're asking about me, right? In which you really are feeling bad about something. You think that's going to be the end of something. You know, the whole world is going to explode and you're going to be left holding it, right? Yeah. And then, you know, a year after the fact, you look back and can't even remember what was getting you worried in the first place, right? Right. So I think that, you know, it's going to be okay. Don't worry too much is what I would tell to my my former self 20 years back or something. I've, I, think, I think I'm think i way better with
0: that by now, but still a little bit. Yeah, you could have saved yourself a little. Now, now, did you need that though to kick you in the pants or were you doing too much? Were you thinking, you know, like, so, I, you know, I remember there's a time yeah. when I would think that my company was going to die every week. Maybe it was, but right. <laughs> I don't know if that was healthy or not.
1: Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. You know, something I, I used to say when people have feel trouble and when they're making a decision is are you making this decision to get you closer to something or to get away from something you don't want, right? Because if you're getting away from something and it could be a relationship, it could be a partner, it could be a company that is going down or something, you don't have a focus. You just want to get out of there in whatever direction you, you can run away, right? Yeah. But if you're moving away because you want to get somewhere, That's different, right? So if you're using, at least least my experience, right? When I was using, I was trying to get away from worry or pain or something. It was like, I don't know where to go. I just want to feel better with this person or feel better with this situation or this customer or this, whatever it was. Yeah. Versus, okay, what, what am I trying to achieve? I'm trying to build a business. I'm trying to grow this person. I'm trying to, whatever it is that my i've learned that that helps me more and i don't know for some reason you know maybe the meditation maybe being aware that hey i'm just a mortal trying to do my best here right that puts me at a state of really going back to what i want to achieve and impact towards where i want to go instead of trying to move away from from worry so you're right some people actually use worry to propel them to the next step mm-hmm. i i use
0: my vision my mission my goals to proper me I like that. That feels like that's the right kind because sometimes when you're, if you're trying to scare yourself into doing something, you may be acting defensively when you should be acting offensive. You should be going after something and instead of sort of protecting or curling up, you need to be going and getting something. So yeah, that's a good point. Using that vision kind of circles back around to your very first conversation saying, yeah, what, what is it you want to do? Why are we doing it?
1: What Brilliant. are you trying to achieve? Yeah, because that, thats what really you know wakes you know. You're jumping out of bed every morning, energized to get something done. Right.
0: Right. All right, man. Well, hey, like this. This has been awesome. Where can people connect with you? They've heard this. They want to learn more about you. Maybe network interface. Where, where are you at? Throw some social sites at us.
1: Yeah. So I'm 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 on LinkedIn. So I'm easy to find there, uh, Luis Cortez a, with a with a final S, not a Z. By the way. Yes, I keep fighting the Z, but it's okay. I'm not, I'm not nothing to do with the Zorro, but actually with Cortes, <laughs> with the S, yeah. right? And I am on on Twitter. On my my handle would be li Cortez with an S, so all uh, a single word. So you know, shoot me a message on LinkedIn or ping me on Twitter. You know, I'm happy to look at businesses. You know, I love traveling too. So you know, when I travel, I, I love meeting people
0: too. So, yeah, anything I can help you with, I'm there. That's awesome. And of course, you know, they want experiences on EO, you know, then you're definitely the one to reach out to for sure. I will put links to all those sites in the show notes as well. So, excellent. Click right on through there you go um, well, good stuff man this is fun huh yeah, we should well, hang out more often. yeah, you know and this hour went like that so yep yeah, i really did it was, it was, that's how you know great. something's working is I, I looked at the calendar to, to, to figure out how much time we had left it's like what do we have another half an hour it's like no you don't have any time at all and i was like wait <laughs> a at, second right? that what, means we're having that, fun where did that time go yeah <laughs> exactly that's how you know you're having fun well, thanks again man i appreciate you coming on here
1: Absolutely, Casey. Was it Was my pleasure. Have fun. Absolutely,
0: and you know, from all the folks in, in in the EO Boston chapter, thanks for being the president this year. It's been it's been awesome. It's not easy to do that, especially during the corona. But you've uh, you've led us tremendously well. So I really appreciate that. I, I I did my best, and I can tell you, I'm so
1: thankful and so lucky with the board of directors that that. Eo Boston has, you know, committed people, oh, great yeah. entrepreneurs, people good at heart. That they're putting so much energy and engagement here, they they really did the hard work. Like. So you know, otherwise we wouldn't we wouldn't have been able to get to where where we are today.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Everyone, it, everyone pitches in and does their part and makes it a once in a lifetime experience oh, yeah. for sure. Uh, well, that's it, everyone. You know, thanks for coming on here. If you learned something, if you laughed, if you enjoyed it, uh, share this with someone else. Share it with another entrepreneur. Um, share it with a colleague. And um, if you're not in EO Boston, you should be shoot me a note, Casey at EO And we can, we can get you introduced to some folks and, and talk to other people around the channel. Uh, but until then, till next time, guys, we'll catch you all later. Leadership in action is sponsored by the Boston chapter of the entrepreneurs organization as the world's only peer to peer network, exclusively for entrepreneurs. EO helps transform the lives of those who transform the world.